Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. So if you have your Bibles, open them to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verses 17 through 20. I don't know about you guys, but the day after Christmas is always kind of a weird day for me. I don't know about you guys, but you have this huge buildup to Christmas, and then the day after, you're kind of like, huh, it's, it's done. I mean, the reason we celebrate isn't done, but all the activities are done, the parties are done for the most part. Um, and so it's kind of a weird one. You go to try to take trash out to your dumpsters, and they're overflowing, you know, because there's so much stuff in there. And um, so it's always kind of a weird one. And I was... I was studying, trying to figure out something to do, and I came across a, a message from a Baptist minister who, who said, well, what did, the, what did the shepherds do after they found Jesus? What did Mary do after she found Jesus? And I thought, that is a great idea. So we're going to kind of look at that this morning. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 2, verses 17 to 20. We've read this a million times, especially during this season. But I want to focus on after they found Jesus. So... So they had hurried to the village. The shepherds had seen the angel. They hurried to the village. They found Jesus exactly where they said he was going to be. They said they, after seeing him, the shepherds went and told everyone what had happened, what the angel said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, and it was just as the angel had told them. Now, we're going to show a quick video here called Emmanuel. Josiah, it's up there, too. You can show the live stream, folks. Uh, But this just kind of takes a look at what it means for God to be with us. And then we'll continue here. The shepherds came, and they found who? God with us in a manger. They were out in the fields, and I love how it showed the, the huge light came around them. Uh, you know, I've always tried to picture what that would be like. I just, I can't imagine. But they saw this angelic chorus, all these angels, and then they came to the shepherd, or the, the manger, and they found Jesus. They found God in the flesh. And what did they do? It said that they went and they told everyone what they had seen. And they went to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had seen, just as the angel had told them. So that's what we celebrated yesterday. For some of you, it's what you celebrated for two and a half months. You know, it's, it's, it's what we celebrate all year long. Jesus came in the flesh. So what do we do the day after Christmas? Well, many of you came to church. Thank you. <laughs> but what do we do? You know, we, we haul out the, the wrapping paper and the gifts, and we eat the leftover candy and cookies. We make a New Year's resolution to go to the gym and work off the candies and the cookies and all those things, Right? But we do all these things, but then what? What do we do? Well, I think a lot of times we need need to take time and listen. We need to take time and listen to this story. Because we've heard the Christmas story over and over and over. Some of you have grown up in church and you've heard it since you were a baby in the preschool class. All the way up. We hear that story over and over again. We need to let the story remind us of the incredible truths of Christmas. The Son of God came to be born 
in a huge palace surrounded by powerful people, right? No. He came to be born in a manger, surrounded by animals, visited by shepherds. The God of the universe became a man. And guys, sometimes we hear that story so many times it becomes just that, just a story. Well, there was a story of a, a chauffeur driver who'd been driving a chemistry professor to dozens of speaking engagements. He was the, the designated driver, and so he heard him tell the same lecture over and over and over and over and over. And so he said, you know, professor, I've heard your speech so many times, I'm pretty sure I could give it myself. And the professor said, all right, I'll bet you 50 bucks you can't. <laughs> and so he said, you're on. So he pulled up at the next stop. They ran in the bathroom, changed clothes, so the chauffeur came out in a tuxedo, and the professor put on the, the driver's cap and kind of sat in the back of the room. The chauffeur got up, and he gave the speech, and he did it word for word. He nailed it. People were awed and amazed. And so when he got done, the host came up, and he said, you know, guys, he did such a great job. We got some time left. How about we have some questions? <laughs> and so a guy comes up, and he says, Asked this question, and the, the chauffeur stood there, and he had no idea what to say. And finally he said, you know, it's about the dumbest question I've ever heard. That's so dumb, I think my chauffeur could answer that. And so, so you know, sometimes you hear the Christmas story so many times it loses its meaning. But you know what Mary did when the, when the shepherds came and they visited her and they ran off telling everyone about finding the Messiah? What did it say Mary did? It said she pondered these things in her heart. It means she thought about it. She let the word sink in. So guys, today, ponder that. Let's take a few moments and ponder the meaning that Jesus came in the flesh. There was no room for him. And the message went to shepherds. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. He said, we don't need to be told new ideas so much as we need to be reminded of old truths. And so I want to remind you this morning, Jesus came in a manger, not because he had to, because he wanted to. He came for you and for me, for ordinary, everyday people, because he loves us. And I know, you know, growing up, some of you were born into great families, and you had great upbringings, and you had the, the clothes and the shoes and all that. Some of you were born into, we'll say, challenging families. You didn't have the clothes, you didn't have the shoes, you didn't have all those things. And so sometimes we feel like outsiders, right? Sometimes you feel like the ones that nobody else wants. Jesus came in a manger because he wanted you, because he loves you. I remember when I was a kid, I was a middle schooler, and, you know, my parents were divorced, and we didn't have a lot of money. My mom was a single mom working, trying to support us. And so I always thought if I had the right clothes, I would fit in, because I was kind of a dork. I'll take that back. I was a dork. I wasn't kind of a dork. I was skinny and awkward and all that. So I worked on my grandparents' farm in the summers, and so I went down there, and I worked all summer, and I saved my money which is not easy for me to do, but I did. And I bought a pair of Reebok pumps. Now, those of you who are older remember these things. They're like $120. That's a lot of money today. That was a lot of money in the early 90s. So I bought these shoes, and I went back to school, and I was like, you know. And guess what? I was still a dork. I was just a dork with $120 shoes. They didn't help. And then Jesus got a hold of me finally. I realized that I didn't need that stuff. I had the God of the universe who loved me. 
I had the God of the universe who cared about me and had a plan for my life. And then I was a dork, but I was a dork with a purpose. And guys, Jesus came in the manger for you and for me. Let that story, let that truth sink in. And then we, we let the story remind us of the incredible simplicity of the story. Jesus could have been born in the greatest palace there was, surrounded by angels. He could have been announced throughout the world. Angels could have surrounded the world and told everyone, but he didn't. He was born in a manger. The God of the universe came to a manger and was visited by smelly shepherds because he loves ordinary people. I heard this story about a a wealthy European family that had a baby. It was their first child, and so they had the big, you know, the big announcement, and they had a big party at their house, their big mansion, and people came in, and they were throwing the, the, their coats on the bed as they came in the door, and they got ready for the party to begin, and they couldn't find the baby. You know where the baby was? Sleeping under all the coats. They missed the point of the party. They saw the baby laying there and thought it was just somebody else's baby. And guys, so many times... All the stuff we do at Christmas can cause us to miss the point of the story. Yeah, sometimes we miss the point of the party. And so let that sink in, the simplicity of the gospel story. And so let's take some time as Christmas is over to really ponder why we celebrate. And we let the story remind us of the incredible grace that was shown on Christmas. What is grace? It's undeserved favor. Undeserved favor. When did the wise men visit Jesus with all the kingly gifts? Probably two years after his birth. Because it said they found him in the house where he lived. So he was a little bit older. It took him a while to get there. And they brought gifts befitting a king. Frankincense, gold, myrrh, right? Things that, that showed his kingliness, his king, kingship. <laughs> kingliness, I don't think it's actually a word. It is now. Uh, his kingship. They brought myrrh which was used in anointing oil and incense to show that he was a priest. But all up until that time, he was just an ordinary baby in flesh who happened to be the God of the universe. So it's an incredible grace that he came for us. And then we take time to praise. It said that the, the shepherds went out and they praised God for all they had seen and heard. They thanked God for what he was doing. And so we, we take time to praise him for coming for us. Listen to what Paul wrote, Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. So though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So we think about what Jesus gave up to come to us. And we thank him for it. You know, I was reading a book a while back about ministering in your community, and I read a story of these two young ladies who were pretty well-to-do. They lived in, in Colorado Springs, and they were trying to reach the people that no one else wanted. They were trying to reach the outcasts of society, the people who were poor, who needed extra help. So these two young ladies sold their house. They were friends. They sold their houses. They went and they moved into a trailer park in the worst part of town to show people that they cared. So it wasn't like these people coming from the nice side of town to help us out. But they said they went and they lived in the, the worst part of town, the highest crime rate part of town, because they wanted to live where they were doing ministry. They gave up a lot 
They gave up safety, security, a house where there weren't gunshots in the night to go and what? Live among those they were trying to reach. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. And so we take time today to thank him for that. To thank him that he came and gave up all that he had to come for us. And so we have to understand that Jesus came to give us grace, and we thank him for that. And you know, guys, sometimes our expectations are a little different. Sometimes things don't happen the way we think they should or we want them to. We understand that Jesus came for us. We have to trust him for that. We praise him for loving us individually. When you look in the the angelic announcement where the angels talk to the shepherds, what do they say? An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angels reassured them, don't be afraid, but I bring you good news that will be for great joy to who? All people. Jesus came to love each and every one of us individually. And so guys, I don't know what all is going on in your life today. I don't know all the things you got going on. I don't I don't know all the things that run through your head when you lay down at night and you're trying to sleep. I don't know what's happening in your part of the woods, those of you who are, who are watching online. But I do know this. Jesus came to bring you good news. They will bring joy. And we talked about a few weeks ago, joy is in every situation, right? Joy isn't happiness. Joy is knowing that Jesus is with us in the midst of our situations. It's knowing that he is with us no matter where we are, no matter what's going on in our lives. So you can have joy in the midst of the greatest part of your life when you're on your motorcycle cruising down the highway, right, and everything's good. (laughs) You can have joy when you're in the toughest part of your life, the toughest situation, when you're in a predicament and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. We still have joy because Jesus came for us. And here's the great thing, guys. When Jesus left to go back to heaven, he told the disciples to wait for the gift that was coming. The gift is the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Now, we got it when we came to Christ, right? The Holy Spirit lives inside of each and every one of us. There's also another gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that brings us an incredible sense of his presence and his peace in the midst of hardships and the hard situations, right? So we praise him for loving each and every one of us individually and giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we praise him for showing us how to love. How to love. The Christmas story shows us how to love like Jesus. He came, and he lived among us, full of grace and truth. And so, guys, Jesus showed us how to love, not just on Christmas, but on every day, in every situation, how to love others. So today, this morning, I want you to take a moment. I want you to think about the fact that Jesus came in simplicity, to ponder that. And then we're going to take some time here in just a couple minutes. We're going to sing some praise songs. And we're going to take a few moments to praise him for what he's done. And you know the great thing about praising God? We can do it when? Anytime. When things are great, we can praise him when things aren't so great. And you know, sometimes praising him when things aren't so great is the very best thing we can do. I know some of you came to church today, you really didn't feel like it. Some of you drug your kids out of bed to watch the live stream when they really didn't feel like it, right? We're making an effort. 
And those times, some of the best times I've ever had in God's presence are when I didn't feel like singing, when I didn't feel like worshiping, when I really wanted to sit and sulk, but I did it anyway. And so we're going to take some time here at the end of service. We're going to sing some songs to praise him for what he's done. Story of love. And then we take time to share. Take the time to share. We share the good news of salvation. That's what the shepherds did. They said they went and they shared with who? Everyone what God had done. The angel told him, the Messiah has come. And I'm going to be real honest with you. I can't stand that Christmas song, Mary, did you know? (laughs) Because she knew. The angel told her. The shepherds told her. The shepherds told everybody, right? When the angel came and told her, hey, he's going to be the savior of his people. Yeah, she didn't know, okay? So... It's so funny when that song comes on the radio, the kid's like, Dad, did you know? It's like, anyway, it's a great song, but it just tries. Yes, she did. Stop asking. So, but the shepherds went and they shared with everybody what Jesus had done. And guys, we have the opportunity to share with people all around us what Jesus has done in our lives. And we share the good news of salvation. We share the good news of victory, that Jesus has already won the fight. <laughs> And I've always been intrigued by this, but did you know after World War II was over, there were people on islands still fighting the war that had already ended? Because they didn't know. Nobody told them. I kid you not. I'm going to read you a quick story because this just blew me away. There's a Japanese officer named Hiro Onada. He was sent to Lubang Island, which was 150 kilometers southwest of Manila in the Philippines. So in 1944, during the waning months of World War II, He was sent to this island. They said, I want you to hamper the enemy's ability to fight. I want you to gather intelligence. So that's what he did. So he uh, destroyed the airstrip that he landed on. And they told told him, never surrender, never die. (laughs) I mean, every officer, I think, is told that. But don't ever die. Don't take your own life. Don't die. Find intelligence. So he did that. In 1945, Japan surrendered. And so he heard they dropped leaflets, but he thought it was a lie because they had a bunch of mistakes on it. So spell check's important, guys. But there are a lot of errors on this. So he kept fighting the fight. Guys, he was on that island for 29 years after the war ended. His compatriots, the guys that were with him, had been either they surrendered to the police on the island or they were shot and killed by officers. He kept fighting the fight over and over. He was fighting a war that they'd already lost, Right? And so a young man, he was declared dead in 1959, but a Japanese student, the last name Suzuki, refused to believe it. And in 1974, 30 years after the war had ended, he went out and found him. And he found him just four days after he started searching. And brought him back, and the guy was given, you know, they pardoned him for all his war crimes and all these things. And he lived his life up to as an old man. But he was fighting a fight for 30 years that his country had already lost. And guys, many of us fight fights our entire lives that Jesus has already won. And we don't understand it because we don't live in that victory. So guys, we have friends and we have neighbors, we have coworkers who are battling on their own when there's a God of the universe who's already won the fight for them. And it's our job to share that with them. It's our job to tell them what Jesus has done for them and Jesus can do in them. So we need to share that good news of victory and Share the good news of freedom. Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3, was a prophecy. We talked about this 
a couple weeks ago that Jesus applied to his own life. But he said his purpose, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring what? Good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Guys, that's why Jesus came as a baby in a manger, to bring forgiveness, to bring healing, to bring freedom, to bring joy. And that's what we can have, and that's what we can share with others during the season and all throughout the year. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come back up this morning. We're going to take some time to sing this morning. If you're physically able and if you're willing, would you stand this morning? We're going to take some time to pray. And guys, I'm going to invite you during this time, while we're singing these songs, to ponder. Ponder what Jesus has done. Ponder the Christmas story. Take some time to praise him for what he's done. And and guys, if you're in the midst of a battle, today's the day you can praise him and experience that freedom that it brings. And if you're here today and you're mourning, this is a time that you can pray. And guys, if you have something you want prayer for, as we start singing, you can come down to the front. Some church family will meet you down here and pray for you. You can come just spend time in his presence if you want. But I'm going to invite you to ponder like Mary did, to praise like the shepherds did. And then as we go this week, to share. So Lord, right now, I thank you that you came at Christmas as a humble baby in a manger to die for all of us. Because every one of us is blown and every one of us is sin. But Lord, you came for us to bring forgiveness and peace and hope. And Lord, help us to ponder that story this morning, to take some time to listen to it afresh and anew and to realize that you came for us. Lord, would you help us to praise you? Lord, the shepherds praised God in a time when everything seemed like it was falling apart. They were oppressed by the Romans. The shepherds didn't have really much going for them but they praised you that you came. So Lord, help us to praise you today if we're in the midst of a great time or if we're in the midst of a difficult time. Praise you anyway. And help us to share as we go this week. And if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, I've never asked Jesus to forgive my sins, but I want to start that relationship today. I want to begin that. Would you just slip your hand up? We want to pray with you this morning. If you've never asked him to forgive your sins, So we're going to take some time this morning to pray and to sing and to worship. So these guys are going to lead us in songs. If you have a need, you're welcome to come down to the front and we'll meet you here and pray.